What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Candler English with TG Garage Talks. I'm here with Mr. Lee Hollis. Good day. Good day. And Mr. Corey Smith. <laughs> Hello. And today we are in the studio um, kind of talking about the relationship between fathers and sons and even specifically kind of the pursuit of um, that relationship, even pursuing your father um, and kind of how... I don't know. It's I don't know. Yeah, especially just stepping into manhood. It's like you you're in a new phase of life. You you know, you're 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 really a man. And how do you pursue a relationship with your father? Well, outside of, you know, just childhood. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Lee, did you have anything you want to? Well, yeah, we were talking uh, a few minutes ago and I was explaining the illustrious story of my heritage and uh, just bringing up different things. And I, I remember, I mean, like. So, like, I, I did not grow up with my biological father. I didn't know who he was or anything like that. And yeah. um, I just, I mean, my some of my earliest memories are praying to know my dad. Wow. You know, and I think I shared in an earlier podcast that uh, I went to this school and they were having a father-son basketball game. Mm. And I, it, I don't know what the actual story is because I was, like, seven, eight, nine years old, something like that. But I feel like I prayed for days in advance that my dad would show up at this at this basketball mm-hmm. game, and in my mind, there's this whole scene that played out that he'd stand in the door frame and I'd be like, "That's my dad," mm-hmm. and he'd come out in the court and pick me up, and we'd play this game and we'd dominate, and you know, like the typical '80s movie. Yeah, you know? for sure. Well, that that certainly never happened. It wasn't reality, and wow. and for decades, literally prayed that I would know who my father was, and did research on what I knew which ended up being all lies because my mom didn't want me to know. But I was in a trauma certification program, and they were talking about family of origin, and there was a special for DNA test for 70 bucks. Wow. And it was like normally 120 or something, so I did it. Yeah. And came up with four or five different cousins that were four or five families away or something like that. But fast forward like a year and a half later, November... And this this connection comes up that's like a second cousin. Mm, yeah. And like, holy Much cow, closer. like this is, I mean, at this point I'm 50 years old, almost 50. Yeah. And um, by a series of events, some more connections, realize the family name, realize of the options who it is, because I had heard that his first name was Dell. Mm. And, and then there was this brother named Dell, and I'm like, Wow. That's my dad. Wow. And so this is like a few days before Christmas. and like Literally like three days before Christmas. And I'm like, I am, I, w- I Googled, searched him, found his address, found his phone number. I'm like, I am not going to call him three days before Christmas and be like, hey, I'm your son. Hey, yeah. dad, Merry Christmas. You know, I'm just like, I'm not into destroying anyone's life or anything like that. So I didn't call him. But it was a week after Christmas that I got back online uh, to find his um, phone number again, and I type in his name, and an obituary comes up. 
Mm. He had died on December 25th, uh, 2017. Gosh. Never never got to know him, you know. Yeah. And then it was a few days later, I'm like, well, I could at least call his cell phone because I have his number and listen to his voice mm-hmm. because I hadn't even heard his voice. Wow. And it had already been disconnected. Oh gosh! So I don't. I so what I have of my dad at this point is a picture of him in red suspenders, and then I eventually met an uncle, which is a different story. And he gave me a brick from one of the pillars out in front of the home that they had rented. Yeah. After it was torn down, they got a bunch of bricks, and that's the relationship I have with my dad. Wow. But it, it was a pursuit over right. decades. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It is that question of you know. Um, <clears throat> And I see it in Cedar a little bit, even at eight, in terms of how a son pursues a father, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of asking, you know, some pretty vital questions, you know, because I can remember a little bit of my story even, you know, kind of when we started training ground 15 years ago and, um, you know, kind of just walking through, I mean, there's no way that you can work for training ground unless you do your own work. And so (laughs) it's kind of one of those things that it works on you and, um, for sure, like for me kind of questioning my relationship with my father and even at that, like kind of in my early 30s, feeling like fumbling through, knowing uh, there were some things missing in my life and in my in my heart and in my identity and trying to understand that and um, just such an interesting um, situation. And obviously that has been an, a journey since then, but I can remember first you know, approaching my father and kind of asking him, um, you know, certain questions about his life and even about me. And, and a lot of that almost in the beginning kind of fell on deaf ears. Like, Mm. um, you know, my, and and it really came off more like I was attacking my dad or I was blaming my dad. And I don't, I don't think it was necessarily, it may have come, you may have been received that way on the other side of the table, but for sure, there was a place that was just this in me, this young boy that was just asking his father for just, just what do you think of me? Like, yeah. what, what do you, you know, what, mm-hmm. you know, can, you know, take a good look at me and do you, you know, do you see, do you like what you see? Yeah. Um, well, and there's there, not only do you like what you see, but there's this aspect of a son looking at his father and saying, who am I? Right. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's, I forget the name of the movie now. You could probably come up with it. It's set, in, Austra- set in Australia. <laughs> Uh, wife dies. Keep he's, going. He's a sports writer. Keep going. Oh, uh, the boys are back. The boys are back. I guess that's your like main. I know. That's your like, main jam. I'll make a great <laughs> old man one day. So like in that one, movie, one day. one day. Yeah, in that movie, this son that he hasn't seen for like 13 years left him when he was little. There's a scene where they get together and he's walking up this ramp in the airport. He kind of looks over his shoulder and looks at his dad and kind of sizes his dad up. But it's it's all about like I understood in that moment like. Mm-hmm. This like that's my dad, and mm-hmm. there's something about looking at his dad that he identified who he was. Yeah, sure. it's Absolutely. like dad. Dad's the measuring stick. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, even um, I'll share a quick story that happened yesterday. I was at, at a lunch uh, with a good friend, and um, here in the Springs, and um, we it, we we started just we usually just catch up probably once every couple months, and he started to share the story about his son, and um, and he's a you know, I think he's probably 65. He may even be older than that. So he has grown sons. And um, it became that the son, uh, all three sons had come for Thanksgiving and were kind of sharing in family time. And um, there came this time that they went to church together. And um, a, a man in the church kind of approached one of his sons and, you know, was questioning him about a decision he had made in his life. 
<clears throat> and it really, it really set off the sun. And at that point, uh, my friend was, you know, kind of preaching at the church and, and the son just went straight to the dad and said, you've got to kick this guy out. Right. He was like, you've got to excommunicate him. He was like, man, I am speaking here. Like, I don't run this. Like, hmm. this isn't a church. Yeah. But it was this place that said, um, you know, the the infraction um, didn't match the reaction. And so yeah. the story goes on that says um, his son called him like twice a week, you know, through the, the fall and into the winter asking like, hey, if you kick this guy out, if you kick this guy out. And eventually, you know, the the father had to go, I, I'm not I don't have that power. I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to help you in this situation. And then, you know, fast forward up to about a month ago, the son finally calls up the dad and says, I've done some work and there's some things in my past that I need to bring to you about some heartbreak and some disappointment I've had in our relationship. And he went on to share that like one week while he was in high school, like his girlfriend broke up with him. He got rejected by a couple friends and then he got benched on the basketball team. And in that moment, his dad was absent. And he wow. wasn't there. And so he in that place of heartbreak and disappointment where he really needed kind of that wisdom and that guidance, his dad was not present. Mm. And um, so he was on the phone with him for like 45 minutes. And and the, the father is just like beside himself. He's like, I am so sorry. Like, I, I just I, I didn't see that part. And I'm well, will you forgive me? And so in this response, even like the next that was on a Monday and then. Tuesday, like the father's like, I got to go to Austin and see my son. Mm. And literally like the son was like, no, 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 no. Like, no, dad, you don't have to come. Wednesday comes. The son's still calling him going, no, dad, you don't have to come. And he's like, I've got the ticket. I'm coming. And so he flies into Austin on Sunday, spends the day with him. And then eventually they're around the dinner, uh, dinner at a nice restaurant and they just start sharing. And eventually they just start crying and eventually they just start hugging. And there's this, just this response, like the, the image I had in terms of the dad's response was the Luke 15. Those, the, the father running towards yeah. the, the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And it, um, not that the son was any prodigal, but it was just the father's response, right? Like, I think that's the thing. I mean, even this podcast is for sons. I mean, we, how many stories do we have of guys in TG pursuing their, pursuing their fathers right. with, with an array of different outcomes. Mm-hmm. But um, for sure, like this one was just really kind of, I just held that was like, wow. And you could see, I mean, as I'm sitting across the lunch table, that this was like a major moment. Like mm. this was like a total shift in his son's life that like there was this reconciliation, that there was this like agreement of going, yes, we're humans reconciled in Christ trying to understand father, son, our identity, you know, is bestowed in Christ, but we're going to work this out together. And so, yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, I'll be honest, like if I'm gut honest, it usually doesn't happen that way, but I, I, it was, it was, it was very comforting for me to hold on, you know, even to the point of tears of holding on to going, man, I hope all of our, our fathers respond that way. Yeah. Like I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the next plane. I'm coming to you. Like, yeah, it was a, there the wasn't face. any debate like, well, that wasn't my fault because I was here no, or there. No, there was no know. excuses. Yeah, there was no deflection. Man, what was, I mean, like to sit in front of a father like that, that's not about his pride or anything like that, no. to mm-hmm. say like, I don't care. 
I'm going to be with my son. And the son's like, even saying, don't come. Yeah. And the father's like, I'm going to go there. And I guess in that moment saying, it doesn't matter what it costs me. I'm going to reconcile sure. with my son because sure. that's more important than anything. Right. Wow. And it's interesting too, because their family dynamic is that he's the middle child and they have, he has an older brother and, an old, and a younger brother. And those are kind of the golden boy mm. positions. He's kind of like the dark horse, you know, forgive me, Caitlin. He's the artist, right. <laughs> of the group. Um, and, but like just the intentionality of the father, like, and even the power of the pre of his presence, I feel like, you know, like he brought his presence to yeah. Austin physically. It yeah. wasn't just like a zoom call or yep. like, yep. yeah. And, and it, even just like, I'm making, whether I'm making you the priority, like this is the, yeah. The isn't movement. that what every son wants though? Right. Yeah. To be passionately pursued at no matter the cost by their father and to li have a listening ear. Like he right. wasn't. Trying to give him wisdom or guidance, yeah. right? The he goal was, wasn't to be right. The goal was to be there for his son. Yeah. Yes. And have connection. Yeah. Right. Well, and not even say like on the, like I'm kind of going through a thing with my dad right now and our relationship of like, um, I think I'm discovering the more and more we talk, it's almost like he, he almost needs to know that I want to be with him. Mm -hmm. So in a weird way, it's almost like a two-way street where obviously I think, you know, the adult should obviously be per pursuing the child. Um, but as a, like I, you know, like as a songwriter, like even in New York, I would send my dad and parents stuff, you know, whatever album I was working on or ideas or <clears throat> little demos. Um, and it would often, again, Corey, like fall on deaf ears. And like I've, I internalized that for years as um, because so much of my soul was wrapped up in all this stuff. And um, that, oh, they don't care about me. They don't. So I just tired of, I think, the rejection. I just pieced out and was like, I, I don't even want to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm, I'm coming to find that it's like, okay, like, me and my father are very different and I do deeply want to establish, and I've had several conversations of, um, you know, of, of kind of diving into some hard stuff and it hasn't been necessarily easy every time, but it's gotten better, more successful, sure. I would say. Um, and so, yeah, I'm trying to find like, where, mm -hmm. where can I connect mm -hmm. with him? And, and kind of by happenstance, I've just mentioned in a conversation recently, I was like, yeah, I'm like reading, um, I'm reading this book or this novella or whatever set in like depression era, like America. And it was like, just like a light bulb went off. It's like a fire. Sure. He was like, Oh, like, what are you, have you checked out this guy? Have you checked mm -hmm. out that guy? And I was like, okay, this is like opening up a world that, um, I don't necessarily fully operate in, but this is where we, a campfire we can kind of sit around. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking too, that the idea, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, but, you know, as sons, when we come into a position that it feels like we're leading our parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's... It's interesting you say that because as he's talking, I'm like seeing this pattern. Like you've heard the phrase, like, there's a stage in your life where you believe in Santa Claus, mm -hmm. a stage that you don't, mm -hmm. and then a stage where you become Santa Claus. Right. Yeah. You know, but it, it sounds like there's a stage where you pursue your father. And then if that's not reciprocated, then you kind of live without your father. Mm -hmm. And then you step in a position where you're fathering your father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By, by being the leader or being the one that does the work. The initiator. And brings it back into the family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the question that came up in my mind and I was thinking about, and Caroline, I think you're doing a great job, is the idea that if, what if your dad's response is cold? 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, sadly enough, most of, I mean, outside, I mean, that's why I was so enthralled about this story from yesterday at lunch. Um, most of the stories I hear are sons asking their fathers, I think at the, at the core level, asking for connection, um, you know, and are asking for things like delight and security um, and those things as well. But it's w- how as sons do we process what happens if our dads are like, you know, they, it could be anything. It could be yeah. like, I, I tried, did the best, I did the best I could. Me and your mom did the best I could, or uh, it, it just falls on deaf ears. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like maybe, you know, you look, you, got, you look like you want to say something. But no, I'm just thinking about Jesus when he was baptized. He sure. came up out of the water. Sure. Right? And he and wanted it, that bestowment. Yeah. And he heard, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that like... And that was the start, the the initiation of everything to come. Yeah, Yeah. and his impact. And he was able, in part, to make that impact because he had his father's blessing Mm -hmm. and said, you are enough. You can represent me. You can do this. Go and and do it. So I'm going to take that to the next level. So I think... Oh, gosh, here I go. Okay. (laughs) I think that was... That was... um, that happened because it was in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew his father and he knew his father's heart. Mm-hmm. And so even in that sense, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really intrigued, Candler, to see what your relationship with your dad's going to be like in a year or two, because what you're doing is you're building a context for relationship. So that it's almost like the, the, the thing that holds the bestowment, the identity is this relationship. And I, I think back even to my story, over the last 10, 15 years with my dad is that like, I probably came strong out of the gate and said, dad, I didn't get these things. Mm -hmm. I need these things. Now I was 32 and I just was learning, right? I wasn't trying to offend my dad or call my dad a failure. Mm. I was just saying, man, there's some puzzle pieces missing inside my heart. And I think they have to do with you. Um, and, but I, it's interesting that you in some sense are in, you're inviting your dad into relationship Yeah, as in like, as now as you step into who you are as a man and you kind of come to this level that you are equals with your father. Yeah. And then what happens is you begin to, cause your relationship changes, right? Mm-hmm. As, as like equal males that you, so as the relationship shifts, it's gotta be cultivated to the point that those conversations can be had. Yeah, absolutely. So it almost sets the stage. Right. Which is so, which is different. Again, we're going back to what you said about Santa Claus. Like, again, that's a lot, a lot of us as sons taking the initiative. It feels weird. It's freaky. Yeah. It's like, it definitely feels like walking backwards. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm planning a a trip and fully, you know, like initiated, like, Hey, I really want to spend time with you. Um, and so, yeah, at the end of the summer after TG, we're going to have a fly fishing camping trip in the Grand Canyon. And mm-hmm. and it was funny, like, even his, like, reaction, like, he was almost like, what? Like, what are you, <laughs> right, like, what right, are you? Right. But, like, that's, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing of, um, in I, I kind of almost have to tell myself, like, in those moments, like, you know, like, I bought the campsite and I'm, like, sure. planning the days. And, like, sure. it's like... I have to almost step over my own hurt in this moment yep. to reach the final goal of connection and healing. 
with right. my father instead of being like, well, you should do this because don't you want to be with me? Like exactly. that kind of thing, right? So it, it feels like you're swimming up current almost as a son. Like this isn't natural, but ultimately so you can get there and kind of mm-hmm. be able to rest in this place in that relationship. Yeah. So we do, you know, right now we're in a session where we're training our guides to work with those guys during the summer. And we do that through narrative theory and story work and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the things that occurred to me the other day, which I shared with a group was like when someone is talking about God and if they say God is distant or God is harsh or God doesn't like me, I can almost 100% bet that that was the same as their relationship with their father. Absolutely. That whatever their relationship with their father is translated into their relationship with God. Yeah. And so like George McDonald says that the hardest part for a lot of us is to unlearn who we think God is and learn who he actually is. Mm-hmm. That's because of the example set by our fathers. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and there's this aspect as well that like whatever work your father doesn't do, you inherit you gotta do and it. you have to do it. Yeah. And when you do that, that's when you turn around and come back and father <clears throat> your father. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking too, like even, so like yesterday, what yesterday morning for me was like, a crazy conversation about a father and son and then this lunch father and son and then I you know have a counseling session yesterday afternoon at four o'clock and we start talking about um you know even my my relationship with my dad and how it's transformed over time and still you know what is lacking and what we want mm-hmm. and um you know I I'm looking uh I have this poster um Lee and Ryan and I took these you know those old-timey black and white photos hmm. um with their super cheesy and shotguns, but, but Lee, <laughs> Lee really loves them. So we got it done. And I'm um, sappy like that. He is sappy like that. That's why we love him. <laughs> and so I'm looking across over my monitor because my, my counseling session is, is zoom and I can only see the top of the poster and it says wanted, it's a wanted poster, but it says wanted by everyone. And I thought to myself, even as I was in that session with the counselor that like, I really, and I, I probably have walked down that road of being one. I've, I've wanted to be wanted by everyone mm. when really in the end, I've really just wanted to be wanted by my dad. Yeah. And it quickly went to like, even now I can bring it, you know, to 2022 is, you know, my dad does this traditional fly fishing trip in May with all of his buddies. He's done it for like 40 years. And usually he, and he's done this already. And it's like, um, he, he's kind of like, well, Hey, here are the dates. Yeah. Okay. Here are the dates. That's all he says. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I want a little bit more. Like yeah. I want my dad to go, I really want you to be there, Corey. Yeah. Or like, let's figure out how to make this work. Right. It's that next layer of being wanted, like that pursuit. Yeah. Right. Like well, even your... to that point of like, you know, your, your fishing trip, you know, of just being wanted, you know, like I wonder how you'll wrestle with that and, and, and so on. But, well, and for your father to be proud of you. Yeah. Right. You know, right. wanted, seen, pursued, and proud. Um, I had, I was visiting back in Indiana. I was at a church, and this guy who I barely knew walked up to me and says, man, your dad's... I mean, uh, the rest of my story is I was kicked out at 16 and, and taken in by a Christian family, and they've become my family. But I was at this church, and this guy walks up to me and says, your dad has talked about you and how proud he is of you mm. and what you've accomplished in your life. And I was kind of like taken back because like I knew he cared for me and all that stuff but I had never heard those words he had not said them to you yeah Yeah. it was great it was great but but then fast forward up until I think it was like eight months ago when I was in Knoxville and my dad was visiting my brother and from the porch he yells buddy I love you I'm so proud of you Mm. 
And I'm just like, like, it was just one of those, like, I was gobsmacked. Yeah. And I didn't want to leave that moment, you know, almost like, can you say it again? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm 53 freaking years old, yeah. you know, and I still need the affirmation of my father and it still changes me and it still brings healing and it still corrects my relationship with God and helps me understand who he is. Yeah. I like what you said there too, that even corrects your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like being reminded of the truth and in, in, in some sense, like, you know, some of, of just the journey of kind of how do we, how do we perceive what happened to us in the past? And then we kind of calibrate our own truth from our own experience mm-hmm. But then even where you're saying, you know, Lee, about your dad saying he's proud of you, recalibrates you to going, wait a minute, this, this is the truth. Because it's not possible until it has happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't believe in right, the agape right. love of God until you've experienced it. Yeah, it's experiential. Yeah. Like, and that may not be your father. It may be a sure. you know, friend or father you know, figure. someone has to example the love and acceptance of, of Christ. Well, I mean, even your story is a great example. One of your one of his buddies at church says it, but it's nothing like yeah, you know, yeah, your dad saying that, the actual words. It's that look at your father and the look back where you say, "This is who I am," and he says, "This is who you are." That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, I think TG does that so well um, of just like surrounding us with so many fathers as participants. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any of that like community or um, fathering. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think I obviously there is a weight for the biological father, but I mean, to anyone out there who is just like, OK, mm. like my dad's out of the picture or maybe passed away or, or whatever the situation is like, I believe that the Lord places godly men in our lives, um, really, if, if we are willing to step into it um, and if we're, you know, wanting wanting and desiring that, like, I mean, the Lord is at no uh, shortage of godly men in this world. And, and that was a huge thing for me in the program of just not only like, okay, yeah, I can read the scripture, like God never leaves or forsakes me or whatever, but like seeing that embodied in men mm-hmm. who like care about me, like that's when the whole paradigm shifted. And it wasn't just a scripture on the wall, but an actual tangible aspect of God that I can like, I can hold to now. Mm-hmm. Like I know it in my bones kind and, of thing. And after having done this for a number of years, there is a danger as well mm-hmm. being an older man working, walking with other men's sons. Yeah. Because true. If, if, if you can if, step. Yeah. Well, if, if that father has failed that son, like that boy goes to every other man looking mm-hmm. for affirmation and looking for fathering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And men, Another man cannot do what your man was in, your father was intended to do. Uh-huh. They can come in and take part in it. Yeah, but, it's almost a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, but I've had to say to guys like, "I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't be your father." Yeah, you uh-huh. had a father. Yeah, and your father did X, Y, Z, and so you have to celebrate that or mourn that. Yeah, and completely. as you do that, and as you deal with that loss or victory or whatever then God will allow men like me to come in and fill in the pieces. Yeah. But until you can reconcile that relationship with your father, like it doesn't really matter what other men do because like you have to do that to take care of it. It's like your healing is sitting in the chair mm-hmm. 
are waiting to sit in the chair where your your trauma or your pain is. Mm. And until that trauma and pain gets up and moves, the healing can't come and sit down and find a place to rest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I can even give testament to that. Like, I mean, being in New York or whatever, like in the church I was at, it was just like so, you know, every dude I saw, I was like, this is the man who's going to fulfill yeah. me, right? And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, this guy's human, and he isn't my dad, but he can play a godly mm-hmm. role right. in the journey of manhood. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good distinction to make. And I want to be careful here, too, because I, they're, they're really, I think as the son kind of awakens to his own desires for what he needs from his father, uh, there's no shame in that. Like, no. there's just no, yeah. even if you get it wrong, right? Even if you kind of put all your eggs in, in one basket with an older man, uh-huh. right? And he disappoints you. That's not on you. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, those desires are true, good, and holy. That to be delighted in, to be safe and secure, you know, to be seen, to for identity to be bestowed, confidence to be bestowed. Like, those are all good and holy desires, I um, mean, it really, in some ways, too, there is a surrender to God in the process of going, God, you've got to bring this to me somehow, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's a lot of ways that we probably spend most of our lives trying to find validation in probably some good <laughs> things, but probably mostly bad things. Yeah. So, I mean, there is this kind of, I mean, like Lee's saying it 53 and I'm saying it at 47 that the journey continues. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously your roles kind of switch up a little bit. You know, you do play some fatherly roles and then you have your own kids and that kind of put you on your head in general too. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. During my, the trauma certification that I took, one of the things they said is that it's impossible to guarantee that your children won't be harmed or abused oh, or yeah, whatever yeah. like that. They said the only thing you can do is love them so well that they don't go to other places to find their value and worth. Mm-hmm. So like perpetrators take advantage of kids that have needs to be loved. Mm-hmm. Or kids will go to drugs or alcohol or, you know, people or whatever in search of that need to be fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this has been <laughs> yeah. just, we so many just, awesome. It's like the first step in the pool. Yeah, like, we're just like, like, oh, There's so much there, but thanks, thanks for bringing this up. I think this is a huge topic, and we deal with it all the time. All every, I mean, we talk, we talk about fathers and sons every week. Yeah, so. daily. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please man, Look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast, and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at www.trainingground.com, and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado, as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks. See you soon. <laughs>